This is Brain Diet, episode 208, Yo-Yo Dieting versus Bulking and Cutting. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to our episode today, where we are going to be discussing yo-yo dieting versus bulking and cutting. Are these phrases you have heard before? Have you heard people describe themselves or describe others as yo-yo dieters? Have you heard the phrases bulking and cutting, whether in jest or in the bodybuilding community? They are thrown around and used in a lot of different ways. And I felt like it was an important topic to cover. And so here we are covering it today. And what I am going to do is break down each and explain the differences between the two because knowing this can be really helpful as you go through different phases of life, different phases of health, as you have different weight goals. And when you can understand the terminology and what's behind them, it can make it a little bit easier to assess where you are at and maybe where you want to be. So let's begin by defining yo-yo dieting. It is essentially defined as repeatedly losing weight or repeatedly attempting to lose weight by dieting. And oftentimes this dieting can be very rigid, then followed by periods of regaining the weight, or if you haven't lost weight of gaining more weight and frequently overeating. Now, when people are yo-yo dieting, it can be phases that are longer term. We can have dieting phases that are weeks to months, and we can have the weight gain or regaining can be weeks to months. It can also be short term. You can also have yo-yo dieting that happens on a much smaller scale on even a day-to-day basis, and sometimes even a meal-to-meal basis. And we would identify this by examining internally the reason for why someone is eating or the reason for how someone is eating. And so if you've ever been in this boat before where you start a day or maybe you start a week off and you say, I'm going to lose weight this week, I'm going to be very rigid in my diet, I'm going to eat very specific foods and not eat very specific other foods. And then maybe the next day it changes and you're like, ask her that. I don't want to do that anymore. Or even just the next meal. Sometimes you start a day and then have breakfast and lunch that are abiding by whatever rules that you set for yourself. And then by dinner time, you're like, ask her it. I don't care. And that can be considered yo-yo dieting simply because of the vacillation of goals that are manipulated and determined oftentimes by present circumstances and by emotions. So one's goals essentially are frequently shifting and the reason for that is most often rooted in emotion rather than logic. Now, sometimes that emotion can be clouded by false logic. Sometimes people can say, 
oh, this is going to be what's best for me. This is going to be what's healthiest for me. These foods are good for me. And then the logic that happens later is, oh, but I deserve this. I think this is going to be the best choice for me right now. And I don't want to diminish those ideas. Sometimes they can be true. But the point that I'm trying to illustrate here is that there is emotion involved in all of those types of ideas, even if they are kind of clouded in the disguise of health, being like, oh, this is what's healthiest. But really, it's because I'm uncomfortable and want to eat something that I previously said I wasn't going to eat. And with yo-yo dieting, the dieting phase, like I said, can be really rigid. And then that rigidity is somehow translated for us. We've created a narrative around that rigidity that it is healthier, right? Where we are being good or better or, or strong or have a lot of willpower. Whereas the gaining weight phase or the phase where you are not being rigid, where you are not dieting or you're not in a calorie deficit is typically more of like a screw it mentality to be like, ah, screw it. I don't care anymore. And so with yo-yo dieting, there is a clear delineation of either being on the wagon, if you will, or off the wagon. And I use those phrases because those are some of the common jargon when people talk about eating as either being on the wagon or off the wagon. And I've said before on this podcast, I've done a number, I think, on this phrase alone, just that there is no wagon, that eating is just eating. But this is part of the mentality and of the internal and external narrative that contributes to why people yo-yo diet and why they go through intense phases of rigidity, whether they're longer or shorter, and then they flip a switch almost and everything about their lifestyle and habits changes really dramatically. Now, many yo-yo dieters, they can lose a significant amount of weight in the beginning. Now, of course, this is such a general statement because if you have ideals and goals that are switching from meal to meal, it's not really fair to say, you know, a lot of yo-yo dieters lose weight in the beginning. But what I have seen typically from my anecdotal experience is that people that are chronic yo-yo dieters, where they go through these phases of on the wagon, off the wagon, is what can happen is they will set up some type of rigid plan for themselves or something that is very, very clear and Uh, perfectionistic, if you will. And oftentimes because they are eliminating a significant amount of foods or food groups, they can see a dramatic change in the scale in that first week or so. And this is something that people take as a sign of success in their dietary efforts when most often what is actually happening, and not all the time, but what is actually happening is because people remove a significant portion of the foods they were eating before, and a lot of those foods are carbohydrate heavy, the weight that is lost in the beginning is water. It's not fat loss. And people think any weight loss is good weight loss. And of course, that's a very subjective statement. It's, it's hard to define what is going to be good for you. But a lot of times what people actually want to achieve, whether or not they know it, is fat loss and not just a change in the scale. That's why going only by the scale isn't going to give you the most accurate representation of what's going on in your body. But because they decrease carbs really dramatically, when we eat carbohydrates, I've heard a number of different equations, if you will, but essentially for every three to four grams of carbohydrates you ingest, and I've even heard it so far as like for even 
every one gram of carbohydrate you ingest, you retain one gram of water. Now that doesn't mean that that water retention equates to like stomach bloating. If you have severe bloating or if you have a lot of, uh, if you're really distended in your abdominal area, that can be indicative of a problem. But what I'm talking about is carbohydrates cause us to retain water in all different parts of our body. And that's actually a really good thing. That doesn't have to be a problem, but because we are retaining that water, if we eliminate our carbohydrates that we are ingesting, we also lose that water because that process is not happening because there are no carbohydrates present to retain the water. So then that leads to a change in the scale. And so a lot of times yo-yo dieters or people that start diets that are very rigid where there's a lot of food elimination present or rather not present, right? Then there is a change in the scale and they think, oh my gosh, this is the best way to do things. This is the right diet. And that's why some of the more extreme sensationalized diets can get a lot of fandom behind them because of this quick result that is due to a combination of a drastic decrease in calories as well as a drastic increase in carbohydrates. And this is where I am talking about that rigidity where sometimes with these diets it can be so rigid and because the caloric intake can overall be really reduced dramatically, like of course you're going to see some water weight that's lost and you might even see some some actual weight, whether it's fat loss or or muscle that has been lost can happen too if you're in that steep of a deficit for long enough. But very rarely are these types of diets sustainable to the point that people would want to do them forever. Now, I can't speak for everybody, but based on what I've seen and what I've experienced with my clients is what I'm saying, that typically these rigid diets are not something that people can stick to forever. And in the beginning, that is what is motivating though is they see this dramatic change so quickly and that can give them a little bit of motivation and momentum to continue. But then the swing back comes as a result of under eating. If you are really restricting calories, no matter what foods you are eating, it's going to have an effect on your appetite, your desire for food, how you are thinking and feeling about food. It can also, that swinging back to the not dieting anymore can be a result of just inadequate intake of nutrients in general. If you aren't getting enough nutrients, if you've eliminated entire food groups that has important micronutrients, or if you aren't getting enough of a single macronutrient, there are going to be problems that are going to lead you and your body, rightfully so, to say, we need to eat more. We need to eat more variety. We need to get more food and fuel and nutrients in our body. And also, another thing that can lead to the swing back of not dieting anymore of the off the wagon, if you will, is emotional strife. Sometimes we start these diets that are really rigid, that are very strict, and we might be in a season of life where it's doable, where it's not quite a vacuum that we're living in where everything is controllable, but it's a slower season of life where it's a little bit more within our control. But then life happens and things get hard and we get busy or we encounter unexpected circumstances and all of those things contribute to how we behave right if we are taking things in our lives and and we are having thoughts and emotions as a response it can contribute to how we feel physically and then it can influence whether or not we're able to stick to a plan if it's especially rigid then oftentimes when life happens like life does for normal humans it can be really difficult to stick to something that is so strict and so that's 
part of what can lead to this swinging back to, okay, I was dieting. I was in a caloric deficit. I did lose a significant amount of weight. And now I'm swinging back to where I am just eating anything I want all the time, whenever I want it without any forethought because I'm off the wagon, right? Have you ever been in that situation? And maybe you haven't, but it's just important to recognize the emotional component that is a crucial part of yo-yo dieters. And that's what people use often to determine their habits is how they are feeling emotionally. Now, it's a very stark contrast of phases. So if you are dieting or if you are, and again, I say on the wagon, off the wagon, I'm going to be a broken record, but I'm using it just for the the sake of, of example here. But either of those phases are very contrasting to one another because there's so much emotion involved. And the emotions can be equally as contract contrasting, excuse me, where it can be thrilling and exciting and your motivation can feel just like a fire. And then all of a sudden you swing back and it can just feel so punishing and painful. And regardless, it's a very emotional experience, whether it's positive or negative. And another thing that can play into the changing of goals, the on the wagon, off the wagon is it can come as a result of, of impatience, if you will, when things are not happening fast enough, when you're not getting enough results, and then you've got that combined with emotional strife, then people can just give up because it's not conducive to their life and they're not getting the results that they want to see. So that's kind of the overview of what yo-yo dieting is. And if you look at it from the most basic perspective, the bottom line is it's periods of weight loss and weight gain. Now, as you have just heard me say, there's a lot more to it, but that is kind of the most neutral version without a explanation of what plays into those things. It's just that it's weight loss and weight gain and periods of those things. So that leads me to bulking and cutting, which has the same bottom line, which is weight loss, weight gain, and periods where those things are happening. But... Bulking and cutting is a very different situation than yo-yo dieting. So I'm going to explain now what I mean by that and why it's important that you know this for yourself. So let's first talk about bulking. Have you ever heard this phrase before, bulking? I know some people kind of make fun of it when they are gaining weight. They'll just say, oh, I'm bulking. And that's more in like the, the gym bodybuilding community, but maybe you've seen it yourself at the gym or or seen it on like TV. It's kind of something to to laugh at or make fun of oftentimes used as satire. But essentially what it means is intentionally identifying and consuming a surplus of calories in order to gain weight. So when I say identifying, I just mean identifying a number relative to your body that is going to be a surplus amount of calories that is utilized in order to purposefully gain weight and more often for the greater purpose of lean tissue. So again, I think this is one of the reasons why it's a little bit more of a common phrase and commonly familiar in the bodybuilding community because to build muscle, people must go through bulking phases phases to build that muscle. Now, again, that's where it's more commonly used, but bulking can be done just as an effort to gain weight, period. There are some people that need to go through periods of gaining weight, and it could be referred to as bulking. You could refer to it as something else. But essentially, it just is along the lines of purposefully gaining weight over a period of time. And this is done 
when it is not just for the purpose of gaining weight, most often it's done for the purpose of building muscle. If this surplus of calories is consumed in conjunction conjunction with resistance training. So when you have a surplus of calories, you have extra energy in your body that needs to go somewhere. And when you combine a surplus of calories with strategic resistance training, you are breaking down the muscles and then you have the available fuel to build them up to be even stronger and larger if that is something you are desiring to do. If you are in a surplus without the presence of resistance training, it will more likely become body fat. So the scale will still go up similarly, but what tissue that extra energy becomes is dependent upon how you are moving your body and living your life outside of what you are eating. If you think about muscle of tissues in the body, muscle is especially metabolically expensive. What that means is to build it and to maintain it, it takes a lot of calories. This is why people with significant amounts of muscle existing on their body can often eat so much more relatively because just to exist as a body, to keep the body as it is, it requires more, the presence of more energy. So the calories that our body burns just to stay alive, to exist, to stay the same is increased if we have more lean tissue on our body. And so that's why when you build muscle, you increase the amount of calories that you can eat without gaining weight and you can lose weight eating a higher amount of calories in general as well. So this is also why if you are in a calorie deficit, it can be really difficult to gain significant amounts of muscle. Because if you think about the calories that we need to survive, the body is going to prioritize basic survival and function. And then if we are put into a caloric deficit, meaning we are eating fewer calories than our body needs or is using throughout the day, then it is going to go internally for energy sources. And that's why we lose body fat or overall body weight if we are in a calorie deficit because we're consuming less. Now, again, if we are in a deficit and we are weightlifting then and consuming enough protein in conjunction with that, that is what can lead to overall loss of body fat and not just overall weight loss. And that's why fat loss and weight loss are two very different things that are determined by the quality of what you were eating, as well as how you are moving your body and what type of resistance you are putting it under on a regular basis. Now, many people have a a desired physique, a desired aesthetic look that they want to pursue or that they think is something that is desirable, a a beautiful way to look, a attractive way to look. I don't know. You can have all sorts of descriptions of it, but people kind of have an idea of a look that they think is quote unquote good. And many of the aesthetic looks of a physique that people desire is actually the result of muscle on the body and not just being thin. If you have ever experienced this where you have lost weight and been like, oh my gosh, I am going to get to my goal weight and I'm going to have my dream body, if you will, and you get there and you're like, well, wait a minute, why don't I look, I weigh the same as maybe this other person that I want to look like, but why don't I look like them? Now, of course, there are genetic components and things that we just can't control. It's like breeds of dogs, right? If I was a pug, I'm not ever going to look like a golden retriever and that's okay. But we can manipulate the shape of our body 
through muscle. Muscle on the body equals shape. So we shape the way a body looks by building and manipulating muscle and then losing fat to reveal more of that muscle and more of that shape. So bulking in order to create a desired physique to the point where it, you really can create change in the shape of your body, bulking plays a really important role to create that shape underneath, well, the muscle would exist, but then underneath often some fat gain that can happen as well. So bulking, if done strategically, typically has a very clear timeline with a very clear intention. So that right there is already a contrast to some of these dieting phases in yo-yo dieters where it's just like uh, muscle your way. I just want to lose 20 pounds or I want to lose 10 pounds and then, and then I'll be done or whatever. Bulking usually is more than just an eating plan, but it's also a training plan. So you have a very clear intention of maybe what muscle groups you want to build or, or what, what physical goals you have in addition to perhaps weight changes. And there's a lot of structure that can go into bulking. Now, again, I'm speaking generally about what it means to bulk, but typically this is what people are talking about when they refer to bulking. And so when you are gaining weight overall, as you are bulking, it includes lean tissue, which is another word for muscle, if you are strength training strategically, but it can also include fat as well. So if you are strength training and you are eating enough protein and the quality of your overall total calories is such that it is in a certain way that you can, it can go towards muscle building, then you will build muscle. But oftentimes it can include fat too, because the body is really smart and it's saying, okay, we have a surplus of energy. And we've got this resistance training so we can build our muscles, but let's also still store some fat because that can be helpful if we ever need it later, right? When the body stores fat, that's not a bad thing. That's the body being really, really smart. And so when someone goes into a bulking phase, if there is the presence of resistance training, then it can go to muscle, but it can also go to fat as well. And because of that, many women in particular fear bulking because it can be really strange to directly contradict society's values and put on weight that includes body fat on purpose. It can be a very strange experience to be doing something that is so opposite of what you're seeing everywhere about dieting, about being thinner or about being leaner or about you know wanting to be quote unquote healthier, but people essentially equate health to, to being smaller. And of course that's not the case. And so I know that that can be a, re- a very real emotional experience for women especially to go through to consciously do something that can feel very strange and at times scary and I even know women that have become that have begun the process and stopped begun the process of bulking and stopped because it was just too difficult emotionally which is completely understandable because of what we are taught and what we believe about bodies and about health and about weight and all of the things so it makes sense. And if you've ever tried it or, or not, it's something just to understand that if it feels strange, it is simply because of sentences in your mind that something is quote unquote incorrect. When in reality, if you're doing it deliberately all with your, your health or your physique in mind, and it's done from a healthy place, it can be a beautiful thing, but it's just part of our general narrative that women might believe we just need to be smaller at all costs that might prevent us from doing something like this. And that's where I feel like 
doing the emotional work and having a coach with you to work through some of those thoughts and feelings can be so helpful in in breaking through some of those societal expectations and learning to just appreciate what your body can do and also see it as more of like a science experiment that you can do amazing things with and not with something that is better or worse based on what it says on the scale. Now with bulking, the nutrient quality overall, while higher in calories, still typically includes a lot of whole unprocessed foods. Now, again, anyone can bulk any way that they want, but if someone is doing it with the intent of health and of muscle growth and of overall wellness, then typically it's going to include a lot of whole unprocessed foods and it's going to be you know, inclusive of high protein and of fiber. And because there is a, high, a higher caloric value, sometimes it does include a lot of the more calorically dense foods. And those can be really valuable in fueling a body. But the contrast here is that it is not a on the wagon, off the wagon type of thing. When someone is eating a significant amount of calories with the intent of bulking and is in a emotionally stable and healthy place, then it's not the on or off mentality. It's just a different phase with different goals that are all rooted in health, that are rooted in muscle building and not just saying, oh, I can eat whatever I want now. So that's one of the contrasts to bulking versus the off the wagon phase of yo-yo dieting. So now with cutting, it is intentionally identifying a caloric value that puts one into an overall deficit in order to lose weight, often more specifically, body fat. And this is accomplished by being in a caloric deficit with a high protein total as well as in conjunction with resistance training. So bulking and cutting, both of them have an important spot where resistance training needs to be in order for them to achieve the desired results. (laughs) And again, I'm speaking generally, but typically cutting is done with the desire to eliminate some of the body fat to then reveal the muscle that is underneath. And cutting is usually done as is bulking with a specific timeline and intention. If you have ever worked with a coach, you can kind of go through phases and seasons of bulking and cutting based on your life, based on your ability to focus and be precise with nutrition. And, you know, if you've ever heard someone say like, I'm on a six week cut, an eight week cut, a 12 week cut, because no one is meant to be in a deficit forever. In fact, there are consequences that can happen as a result of that. And that is, I see that with a lot of, you know, women 30 and over that are just chronic dieters and there can be problems and frustrations with that type of life. So when you think about cutting in this context, it is done with a specific timeline, with a specific intention, and isn't done so much with an emotional reason and more with strategy and knowledge. It is not a forever pursuit. It prioritizes protein and whole foods for nutrients, but still can include enjoyable foods in order to create sustainability. And this is another contrast to the yo-yo dieting is you can be in a caloric deficit. And that's kind of the idea between if it fits your macros is what macros kind of used to be called. But as long as you are in a deficit, you will lose weight. And so what that means is if you have enough protein, if you are resistance training and you still have remaining calories allotted, you can still include foods that you love and enjoy and still lose weight. And so it, it's not an all or nothing space. It is simply 
using nutrition to fit your life in order to achieve your goals. Now, listen, when people are in a cut and they are wanting to lose body fat to reveal built muscle or existing muscle that is underneath, you cannot spot reduce body fat in a cut. You can't say, I want to reduce the fat in my midsection or on my shoulders. You do not get to choose where body fat comes off of. A lot of that is determined by your genetics, but you can build muscle in a bulk and decrease overall body fat in a cut to reveal that muscle. And so when you see exercises in particular that say, you know, reduce belly fat, there are two fallacies there. The first being that reducing body fat of any kind can only come with a caloric deficit. And two, you can't spot reduce where fat comes off. It's just something that, like I said, is determined by your genetics. And that's kind of the end of that. If you're in a deficit, the body fat's going to come off wherever it will come off. Another thing that can also manipulate where body fat is deposited is certain medications. I know in my fellow autoimmune warrior community, there are, are certain medications that can influence where body fat is deposited. But again, it's not going to happen magically. It's still going to be because of a presence of surplus of calories and energy balance still applies with autoimmunity and with medications and all of those things. So keep that in mind if you are on medications. In both cases of bulking and cutting, exercise plays a role, right? So again, there's not the on the wagon, off the wagon. There's still protein. There's still exercise. There's still nutrients. It's just different phases, different goals, all rooted in in health and generally physique. So overall quality of diet matters and is considered in a bulk and in a cut. And both are more strategy-based versus emotion-based. People in a bulk or a cut are often told to trust the process and not change things on a whim. And that is because if we changed things based on our emotions, we could be much more of a yo-yo dieter and we wouldn't ever really be able to see results. And this was, I had this thought earlier today as I was thinking about this and I thought, man, if we had a vacation one year from today and if we were as excited about that vacation as many of us are with fun vacations, if we had the same excitement for a physical goal that was also one year away, we would have so much less quitting and giving up. If we had a goal that was far away, like do you have those vacations where you plan them far enough in advance because maybe it's a more complicated one or a more expensive one or whatever it might be and you just enjoy the time leading up to the vacation or, or Christmas is another example where it's like it just in the time leading up to it, it's just exciting and you don't quit Christmas just because it hasn't come sooner. If we applied that same mentality to physical goals and just had patience and trusted the process, a lot of which is going to be helped immensely if you have a coach, then even if a goal is a year away or multiple years away, the mentality around it can be totally different. So when you take a long-term approach to your health and when you are willing to do this to your health and your physique, then bulking and cutting is a way to really manipulate your body in ways that you will never accomplish from a more emotional yo-yo dieting type of approach. So let me share a few solutions, if you will, and maybe this isn't the right word solutions, but a few strategies to implement if you fall into the former category of being more of a yo-yo dieter. First of all, there is nothing wrong with you and there is nothing that needs to be fixed. It's simply some emotions happening, some thoughts happening that are contributing to your behavior that may not be in alignment with what you ultimately want and that's okay. 
There are things that you can do that can help and support you to shift your mindset and to shift your goals and to shift your strategies in order to create more of what you want. So the strategies for yo-yo dieting, of course, are going to be a little bit more individual based. They're going to be a little bit more unique because it depends on a lot of different things. And a lot of success that can come of shifting out of that yo-yo dieting mentality, a lot of success is going to come if you have someone to help you along the way, having a coach to help you sort through the mind drama, having someone to help you work through things when life does get intense, when you've got a lot of things going on and it's hard to not eat so emotionally. Now, again, emotionally eating isn't necessarily a problem, but if you have a goal and emotionally eating is working against it, then it's worth working through that. So if you find yourself in the yo-yo dieting category, the first thing I'm going to recommend is to get very clear about what your goal is. If you want to lose body fat, get very clear about that being the goal. And then within that, find a way of eating that you could hypothetically eat for the rest of your life. Some people are all or nothing thinkers and that is okay, but very rarely do I see someone eliminate entire food groups when it isn't medically necessary and is able to sustain that for significant periods of time. So find a way of eating that includes foods that you enjoy because all foods are nourishing. Okay. No matter what the food is, it's going to play a role in your body. And so it doesn't mean that you have to only eat the quote unquote good foods. All food can play a role in your health and creating the life and the physique that you want if you do it strategically. So find a way of eating that you could hypothetically eat for the rest of your life that hopefully doesn't eliminate entire food groups unless medically necessary. And then don't make decisions impulsively based off of emotions. Don't make decisions about your goals and changing your goals based on how you're feeling at the end of a hard day when you're exhausted. Make decisions over time with a lot of thought and it helps to consult people outside of your own brain as you decide what you want to do and how you want to do it. So my friends, that is yo-yo dieting versus bulking and cutting. I hope that's been helpful. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.